in a world where frauds and scams can be disguised as legitimate opportunities and anyone can be a self-proclaimed business expert. Who do you trust? Before you invest time or money, listen in to make sure your business is in the clear. Welcome to the In the Clear podcast. I am your host, Justin Reckla. And today, today we have a treat. Uh, today we are talking to a gentleman who has been top of his game for the last 20 years and has had a huge impact in not only the business world, but the, uh, uh, but the music industry as well. He's got multiple best-selling uh, number, one, uh, number one hits. Uh, he's just released a new album uh, to celebrate his 20 years in the industry. Uh, please help me welcome uh, Michael Peterson to the show. Michael, thank you hey. so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Justin. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, so um, we were we were talking a little bit before uh, before the show, um, and for those of you that um, may not know Michael, his music, I guarantee, I guarantee you have heard his music somewhere along the line. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest songs that has an impact on has had an impact on my life. Uh, continues that every time that I hear it is uh, you, when you you know you could hear a pin drop, mm-hmm. um, and every time I hear that played at CEO Space during the Veterans Tribute, you know I'm just just talking about it um, gets me emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, that song had such a had such a deep impact on uh, on the veteran community. Um, before we get into the meat and potatoes of what you're doing, can you share a little bit about that song? Sure. Um- you know, my grandfather was part of the generation of, you know, military service members, you know, that they called the greatest generation. And, uh, you know, I'm not unique in that. Obviously, there's millions of people that, that have that same story. And the one common thread, I think one of the common threads that, that we all share with uh, with grandparents or distant relatives who served in that generation is that they didn't talk much about it. You know, I mean, you, you sure. came back from your, you know, two years uh, in Europe or Japan or the Pacific or Korea or, where, you know, wherever you went. And, I used, you know, no matter what you saw or faced or experienced, you just kind of, you know, manned up or womaned up and, and moved on, you know, and, and built a life. Yeah. But uh, the nature of trauma is that um, it lives inside of our spirit. and our, our bodies. And, uh, it, you know, it, it can be as real when you have a nightmare as it, as it was when you first experienced it. And so, you know, for many, many, uh, adults, their work life and their raising a family captivated their attention so much that for decades, these traumas lay kind of, um, un, you know, un, unexplored, if you will. Uh, but we're even experiencing it now in the VA. There's a lot of Vietnam veterans who are just now, you know, sort of hitting retirement age where they don't have work anymore to uh, captivate their attention or their families are all raised. And the number of uh, veterans uh, coming into the VA now um, with, you know, post-traumatic stress or trauma challenges from the Vietnam era is astounding how, how many are coming in the last few years. And so it's, 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 you know, one of those things, once, once the space opens up for you to not be distracted so much by life anymore, well, these traumas, they, they're trying to work themselves out, right? They get to kind of start to bubble to the surface. So 
the the song you could hear a pin drop is is really about that experience uh with my grandfather of wow. you know of 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 experiencing him you know before he died yeah. beginning to open up and deal with it a little bit yeah i i have a fond appreciation of that my uh my grandfather served in world war 2 he was a torpedo bomber um and he got shot down in the pacific and wow. lift, lift, drifted on an, uh, on a raft for 2 weeks and uh found himself inside of an island atoll uh, called Han, the island of Han, and uh, lived there with the natives for six months. And uh, I can remember when uh, he first started being able to talk about it with uh, the kids and the family. You know, he was, uh, you know, he couldn't sleep, you know. Yeah. And so he ended up writing a book, you know. Huh. And and that what that really allowed him to get that message out, you know, and share his, share his experience and, and really helped him heal yeah. some of those wounds that, that he had from the trauma that he experienced. And yeah, um, yeah so I, I, I connect, I really, really connect with that song. Um, and I know for myself personally, uh, I just want to thank you for writing it because you captured oh. it so beautifully. Well, thanks. It's, you know, it's important. And uh, our hope when we wrote it was that it would be a catalyst for, for these kinds of conversations that might help other people that are looking for a way to, Say this is how I feel. Yeah, you know somebody yeah. understands me. And well, and yeah, you know, and that's and that's important. And then what I love about what you're doing, we were talking about this before the show as well, is that you know you have found a way to use your artistry in, in country music to to move people. Um, and you know, that is so important. And ultimately, I think at the end of the day, whether it be music or or business. I think ultimately that is all what we're striving to do is, is what kind of impact can we have on the world? And uh, you've got a very unique uh, skill, a very unique art that, that has impacts on, on millions of people, millions of listeners. Uh, but you also carry that over to business. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing in the business world. You know, uh, one of the things that I'm really committed to, and I've come to this slowly over time, you know, it's, What's that old saying about, you know, experience, uh, you know, give, you make a lot of ex uh, mistakes, you know, but those experiences, uh, they don't come from good judgment. They, they come from bad judgment. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, experience comes, it's what good judgment comes from. Uh, I can't remember the quote exactly, but, but you know what I'm getting at is yeah. that we all, we all make a lot of mistakes along the way. And those ex mistakes are what teach us, you know, how the right way to do things. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm be 59 in August and, uh, the last dozen years or so I've started to really get a hold of this idea that I'm really become committed to that, that it doesn't matter what it is we're trying to accomplish in our business. Ultimately at the end of the day, we're dealing with people. And so if the people that we're dealing with have a positive emotional experience with us, that's uplifting and enriching and nurturing in their lives um, that will sustain that relationship regardless of whether or not that person, you know, wants what you're selling right now. Um, but when they want what you're selling or you're, what you're offering, um, it sure helps a lot if they have established a rapport with you and you've established a rapport with them that is attractive because ultimately there's a hundred places or a thousand places or a million places, depending on what you sell where you can go to buy something or acquire something. 
But there are so few places in our lives where we have personal interactions on a business sense that feel enriching to our lives. So I'm, I'm really committed over the years. I, uh, years ago, probably, I don't know, 2003 or 2004, I guess, um, I started uh, to just make myself available to serve uh, people that called and said they needed, needed help. So here'd be an example. Um, somebody would call and say, Hey, we're doing a fund. We want to raise money for, um, for a children's charity, you know? So I would ask them what it is about their charity. And I say, you know, let them know if I knew much about it. How, how could I learn more about it? Develop a relationship. And then, you know, of course I would say, well, do you have a budget? And, you know, early on, and even to this day, there, there's a lot of people that don't have much of a budget to work with. And, you know, prior to that time in my life, I, you know, I would have probably said, you know, if you don't have a budget, call me when you do. <laughs> but there was a shift in my thinking at that point in my life. And what I began to say was, you know, tell me about your, your mission. Tell me about your goal. Tell me, tell me about what it is you're trying to accomplish. And if they didn't have a budget, there were many, many, many times, I, I would say for years, probably 50 to 60% of what I, I did from 2005 to really to the present, um, I ended up doing pro bono. Oh. Um, and, and, you know, you say to yourself, well, how does that make business sense? Well, you know, I guess it depends on what your intended outcomes are. But for me, what I discovered in my commitment to, to, to saying yes when I could, yeah. regardless of the money, what I discovered about a dozen times in those dozen years was that uh, saying yes to helping someone who didn't have money led always, every single time, it led to uh, a new relationship of substance that didn't always lead to money. In fact, more, more often than not, it didn't. But the few times that it did, it, it was ast astounding deals. So let me give you an example. Um, I got called by a, a middle school principal in Huntsville, Alabama, who said a, an 11 year old student had shot and killed another student. And she'd heard about my school assembly program. And she said, can you come to our school and do an assembly program? So, you know, we had the conversation and turned out they didn't have any budget. My wife and I looked at each other and said, hey, we have time in our calendar. We can drive there. Let's go do it. So we went down. We did two assemblies there at the school. and We had a great day together. And, and at the end of the uh, assemblies that day, there was a gentleman who was, I kept seeing him out of the corner of my eye standing in, in the, uh, by the door. He was in a suit and tie, looked like a businessman. You know, he waited till all the students were gone. We'd shaken hands with all the kids. And, and uh, he came up to me and he handed me his card. And he, he said, man, I'm really impressed with your assembly program. He said, I want to take you to lunch. Well, he was a county commissioner for Madison County there in, in Huntsville, Alabama. And, uh, and he basically said, I've never seen, I've never seen anybody do an assembly program as powerful as what I saw today and have such an impact on the kids. And he said, more importantly, he says, I've never seen anybody keep all of the adults at bay until the <laughs> students had their, had their handshake and their autograph and their, their photo or whatever, you know, the, uh, basically we always try to put the kids first. Right. So, so long story short is, you know, he said, I would like to give you a half a million dollar grant to uh, come and develop programs for our schools for four years. Wow. That's, that's absolutely, absolutely amazing. 
Yeah, uh, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, on paper, you don't look and say, well, that's a way yeah. to do business. But the thing is, you always make friends when you go to serve. And if you go to serve, even if people can't afford it, if you can afford it and you care about what they're doing, many times what it does is it allows people to experience your gift where if you say, no, I can't, I can't show you my gift unless you give me money. Yeah. Many times people don't ever get to your gift. They have yeah. no idea it, what, what it, you, you know? Yeah, it's very, very, very eliminating. Um, real well, that's quick. Been, if that's you, an example of, of for how, what for me has been a different approach towards how I apply what I, the way that I think about that, how I apply it to business. And I could give you a half a dozen to a dozen other examples, specific examples of where I went to serve for free and it turned into six-figure and, uh, on two occasions, seven-figure contracts. Wow. Well, I tell you what, let's dive a little bit more into that right after the break. And if, you are, uh, if you're just joining us, we are talking with Michael Peterson about moving people through business and country music. Stand by. Real quick, before we go and break, Michael, where can people go and find out more about you? Yeah, Michael Peterson Online, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N online.com fantastic and when we get back we'll, uh, we're going to continue this conversation about how to move people and how to use business to move people as well stand by are you an entrepreneur who speaks at conferences have you attended a conference and seen someone on stage you know is guilty of bad business practices if you want to stand out from the crowd and give your prospective clients peace of mind, then make sure your business is in the clear directory. All of our members operate in transparency and are screened annually for frauds and scams. Stand out from the crowd and get in the clear directory. Visit clearbusinessdirectory.com forward slash join to sign up today. Alrighty, and we are back. My name is Justin Reckla, and you are listening to the In The Clear Podcast. Today, we are speaking with country music star Michael Peterson on moving people through business and country music. Uh, Michael, before the break, you were, you were talking about how, you know, giving of yourself, giving of your services, you know, leads to other relationships and new opportunities. Uh, and the example you gave was was absolutely brilliant. I, I I'm a firm believer in you know assisting and sharing and, and, and helping people when, whenever whenever possible. Um, you know, because like you said, you're absolutely right. There's you never know as to what kind of relationships it's going to create or what kind of impact that you're going to have on somebody's life by just showing up fully in who you are and what you do. Um, I, ha I have a fond appreciation for that, and it, it's very, uh, very comforting to know that um, you know that you're out there having not just an impact with your music, but with your actions and, and your business ventures as well. Um, I know, I know, you've got a, a new album released uh, just, uh, just to, to celebrate your 20th year in the industry. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that album. Oh well, thanks, thanks for the affirmation on uh, my approach towards living you know I'm, I'm still trying to figure figure out you know <laughs> you don't get a roadmap on this stuff you know? <laughs> no you don't <laughs> so you know and it's my music career has been very similar in, in, the, in the you know you don't have a roadmap and i love this there's a great quote that says if the map doesn't agree with the ground then the map is wrong <laughs> you know and and many times you know it's it's you're just out there without a map you know um this 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 uh, so this music album um, celebrates my 20th anniversary in country music. 
Um, 20 years ago, for your listeners who happen to be have been country music fans in the late 90s, they may remember I, I had three number one hits in the late 90s on Warner Brothers. The first was a song called Drink, Swear, Steal, and Lie, which has nothing to do with any of those things. It's a love song, but <laughs> it was a big hit for me. Uh, then From Here to Eternity uh, was the num- second number one, and then the third was um, to, a song called Too Good to Be True. But all in total, we had five top 20 singles, three number ones on CMT, uh, three top tens on the Billboard chart. Um, and it just was a remarkable time in my life. So, um, you know, at that point, 20 years ago, I would, I would, you know, look forward and wonder, you know, what the future held. And, you know, to sit here now and look backwards and realize that in 20 years, I've made 18 albums. Um, I've toured the world, performed for, you know, reasonably, I could, you could do the numbers on this exactly, but it's somewhere around a million people. Um, and, and I've had a dream life. And, um, you know, as a, as a 20th anniversary for this, you know, came around again, it, it seemed like the perfect time to make a record that not only uh, remembered my four biggest singles, um, but also to pay tribute to those artists who so inspired me along the way. So the album has, you know, some great uh, covers on it, songs, classic songs, country songs like uh, Wichita Lineman, um, you know, Friends nice. in Little Places, songs yeah. that normally people wouldn't cover, uh, Boy Named Sue, um, <laughs> you know, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. So uh, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. I mean, it, it's a, it's, if you love classic country music you're going to love this record of all the records i've made it's probably probably my favorite and i must say the the new versions of from here to eternity of drinks were still and lie of you you know you're in trouble when the bartender cries you know people are saying they they like them and they sound better than the originals so it's just something i'm really proud of it's been a really a a, a beautiful resurgence in uh, interest in that music for me and uh you know, big tour coming up over in Europe in August. We'll be over there for a month. Uh, a lot of really, really fun stuff happening. Well, what a what a great tribute to uh, to an absolutely amazing career. And I, I think your um, I think the way you approach life uh, and your relationships is a huge huge uh, tribute to the level of success that you've had in, in your musical career. Mm. Um, you know, I think if more Thank people you. in business would, uh, would show up like that in just authenticity and being real and connecting with people and not so much focusing on the, you know, the, the money piece of it, but of the, you know, contributing and, and, and showing up and sharing their skills and their gifts, I think they would see, so much uh, more success in their own lives. Well, thanks. Um, you know, I'd love to reflect on that for a second, if you don't mind. Please. please. Um, you, you know what occurs to me is that we live in a culture where we grow up in a culture where we're nurtured to uh, to have within us these uh, signposts, if you will, as we go down the road of life that that tell us that we're on track, we're doing okay, and and you know. Growing up for me anyway, uh, you know, what I saw around me were lots of signposts that said I was, I, I was going to be able to best measure my success according to the amount of money I made, uh, the amount, the, you know, whatever, the, the height of my position in my career, chosen career, um, the accolades of others, the awards, 
Um, what, and, you know, those are things that in whatever your business is, you know, you could, we all say those are measurements of, of success and that success was really the goal. And, um, I, you know, I, probably a lot of things contributed to it, but if I had to try to say what's different for me now, I, I would have to say that somewhere along the way, I, I think First of all, I was fortunate enough to be financially successful enough to be able to uh, to donate my time to people, you know. Um, but I have to ask myself, knowing what I know now, you know, would I still do it differently, even even if I couldn't afford to donate my time? And and I, I would say I think the the answer is hopefully I I would yes try to do more of that because the shift that took place for me came. From instead of instead of focusing on being successful, what if I focused and started putting all my focus on being on purpose? Oh, that 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 is huge. That is huge because I think there's so many people that go through life trying to figure out what their purpose is, yeah. um, only to reflect back on it on wherever they're wherever they at wherever they have that epiphany of. You know, for me, I think there's always there always comes a time when people's life, whether it be on your deathbed or yeah. midlife crisis or whatnot, that you that people have that conversation with themselves of what's yeah. what's your purpose. And I think it's right. I think it's really individual as to what kind of impact that you can have. And well, yeah, uh, it's, it's absolutely beautiful that you've been able to live a life like that to be able to know recognize what your purpose is. And well, thank you. I, you know, huge. I'm I'm hearing you you say that, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, you know. Um, we, th- we tend to think of being on purpose and being successful as sort of being exclusive oh. from each other. If we're not careful, we, it's, not like, it's not like we would sit down and have a conversation with somebody and say, oh, no, those are exclusive. But we sort of live like they are. Yeah, like, yeah. well, okay, it's nice for you to be on purpose. Now let's talk about making money. <laughs> <laughs> as though those things were mutually exclusive. And, and I guess for me anyway, what I found is that, that – the people that were most had the most joy and peace in their life that I've ever met were, were people that were successful. Yes, but they were also on purpose. Yeah. And some of the saddest, most miserable people I've ever met in my life were people that had all the success and they never felt on purpose. Yeah. So yeah. what, you know, sort of like what, you know, what good does it do to gain all of that and feel like you've lost your soul? Yeah. And, and that's what I, you know, from my own experiences in, um, in, in business is that, you know, some of the, some of the greatest things that we've done have been, uh, some of the biggest impacts that we've done have, haven't been because of the money and, you know, the relationships that come when you show up in your wholeness and just say, look, I've got a skill set, I've got a gift, I've got a, whatever it is, and I can contribute and help you. Right. Yeah. And from that, the universe just gives, you know, the abundance comes, the money happens. It's exactly, it's, you're exactly right on the money. You know, I, I sold a million records at Warner Brothers and everybody thinks, wow, that, you must have become a millionaire. <laughs> well, you know, the way, the way that those contracts are, you know, not to dive down this rabbit hole too far, but the way those contracts are really designed is they're designed to make record companies rich, not artists. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. You know, at the after you sell a million records, you know, I mean, I'll just tell you, I, I may I sold over a million records at Warner Brothers, and I got one check from them for less than eighty grand. Wow! You now, wow. why is that? It's because the the profits from the first record go to pay for the debt of the second record. 
<laughs> and so on and so forth. It all gets rolled forward, right? So, so you know, you think to yourself, you know, um, how, you know, how, how is this going to work financially for me? You know, so then, you know, flash forward past those years of time at Warner Bros. I mean, I did fine, you know, I mean, I was successful. I made good money touring. My songwriting made good money, but it's not the kind of money you think it would be, you know, uh, on average artists and on average, an artist will net about 10 to 15% if they're, if they're about average. Wow. So, you know, so to find myself on the heels of that in 2005, where, you know, I basically started saying yes to serving people. You know, another story. Uh, there was an organization, an agriculture organization that came to me and, and said, you know, hey, can you help us? And I basically said, uh, I don't really know much about agriculture. Will you, will you let me hang around and learn? And so it ended up being about a three-year uh, journey to, to the place where I felt like I understood enough about their culture to where when, you know, one day the guy that I was talking with had been developing a friendship with and a relationship with said, hey, we've got this idea. What do you think about this? Can you give us some feedback? Well, uh, at that point, I had invested in the relationship. I had those relationships at trust. And he said, yeah. I said, yeah, I, can, I think I can help with that. And I gave him some ideas. Well, it all resulted. Uh, and this is sort of after leaving Warner Brothers and leaving Sony and, you know, kind of wondering which direction my career was going. Um, you know, they bought a hundred thousand records from me at, at uh, uh, almost ten dollars a record, and they wow. wrote me a personal check for almost a million dollars. Now I'm not saying that as a boast. I'm saying again, it's another example of here. I now had a check in my hands for almost a million dollars because I went and said, "I want to learn about how I could help you." I don't know if I can help you, but if you'll teach me about your organization, maybe I could help. All of that resulted in the biggest payday ever in my music career. Mm. And it came about because I just said, how can I help you? Yeah. And it was, it made the money that I made at Warner brothers from selling a million records look like peanuts. Yeah. What I'm saying is there's something to this. Absolutely. At work, you know, and, and you know, when you get those kind of deals like that, a deal I had with that ag organization, you don't, you don't need to have a hundred of those a year. No, no. So so it suddenly was like, wow, this is a new way to live. Maybe I could, do business this way. And it's just been a growing thing for me. And one of the things I, uh, whenever I meet somebody, whether it be through an internet, uh, through a you know, connection on the internet or through email or Facebook, um, you know, the first thing I always ask people when I connect with them is, is, you know, how can I contribute to your success? Yeah. And I may not have a solution myself, but I yeah. may know somebody that does, Yeah. you know, and you know, what are you looking for? And then just show and, and I mean it. Because I, I'm, I know that it's going to come back around and, and knowing that if I can just have a conversation with somebody and that has an impact, if I can give five, 10, 15 minutes or an hour or two of my time, that has an impact. Well, and, you're doing it with your podcast. Yeah. I mean, this, this is beautiful what you're doing and, and the spirit well, that you. you're doing it with, I can feel what you're saying is authentic. And, uh, and I, I know you're going to be successful. I just know it. Uh, well, I appreciate that, and uh, you know, this is these are the kinds of conversations that uh, that we really thrive and, and love what we do uh, with with our with our with our customers, our clients, our friends, our family. This is how we how we how we essentially live our life. It's very much the same as you is is just show up, be a service, contribute, help move people. 
um, and, and really have an impact. Um, Michael, before we, uh, before we have to sign off, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in the veteran community uh, to have an impact and helping sure. people there? Sure. Well, my wife is a retired Army colonel and uh, was wounded at the Pentagon during 9-11, ended up with a pretty severe case of post-traumatic stress. Well, at the time, she didn't know it, you know. She just, you know, she, you know, the, she says to me, you know, the day after 9-11, you know, um, they all got called back into work, you know, and Rumsfeld pulled everybody together. My wife was on the joint staff at the time, and Secretary Rumsfeld pulled everybody together and said, we're going back to work. Cool. You know, so she did. She went back to work, and, uh, you know, seven years later, uh, after, you know, sleeping about two hours a night for seven years, you know, she realized that not only did other people need help, but she needed some help. And so she, uh, she, you know, began to educate herself in some non-pharmaceutical pathways, things like uh, neurofeedback, uh, heart math, um, guided imagery, um, uh, golly, uh, the, the work of Dr. Daniel Amen, the brain health work. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, these things really began to really heal her up. And as she got healed up, she helped develop for the army, uh, what became the, the, what's now called comprehensive soldier fitness. My wife was the genesis of, of creating that program as she worked for Admiral Mullen on the joint staff. And so as she got out of the army, she's continued to, uh, educate herself and train herself in different modalities that will help people dealing with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries and so she's a highly sought after a keynote speaker all over the world state for the state department and for different organizations here in the in the u.s and it seems like every year we do i don't know i'm going to say 20 to 30 events where we are presenting with in front of veterans or veterans organizations uh presentations that have to do with um helping people that are dealing with trauma the other uh, focus of our work veteran-wise is with the Institute for Veterans and Military Families out of Syracuse University. They have a plethora of, of incredible, outstanding veterans programs, um, the IVMF. And one of their programs is called VWISE, V as in Victor Wise, and it stands for Veteran Women Igniting the Spirit of Entrepreneurship. So two to three times a year, they, in different cities in the country, do weekend-long training seminars that are completely free to women veterans in entrepreneurship. So they're helping women veterans start businesses. And so my wife is a, is a, uh, a MC for that event. I do music there. Um, we do some personal coaching, counseling, mentoring while we're there. Um, and that's been the focus of our veterans work. Fantastic. It's um uh, you know, the, the, it's it's such a, a joy to to have had you on the show, um, you know, and the, the, the information that you share and how you live your life and, and how you show up in business and the impact that you're having, not only through your music, but through your actions and the people that you engage with is um, it is really uh, serves as a beacon of light that I think a lot of people can model themselves after. And, well, uh, thanks. I, I got encouraged just talking with you. So thank you for encouraging me. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. And uh, before we go, Michael, can you share one more time where our listeners can go uh, go find you? Yeah, you can find me at michaelpetersononline.com. And if you're interested at all in the work that my wife is doing that's uh, to assist people with post-traumatic stress, uh, her website is this, T-H-I-S, thisablevet, V-E-T, thisablevet.com. Fantastic. And uh, make sure you go out there, get Michael's new album. Uh, and Get it on iTunes. You can get it, download it. It's easy. 
Perfect. Download it on iTunes uh, and take a look at what you're doing in business. What's your purpose? How are you helping move people? Uh, and Michael, thank you so much again for being on the show. Uh, if you also, you can, you can find Michael at his website or at in the clear at, at clearbusinessdirectory.com at inside the clear uh, business directory himself. There's profiles there. You can take a look. Uh, Michael, I look forward to, to meeting you and Joe in person in December and uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you for your service, you and your wife. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. If you or your business has been ripped off by a fraud or scam, visit InTheClearPodcast.com and let us know.